it's a plot to drop the IQ Fighting amongst each other over rumors that don't like you Prefer us trapped in melancholy with the wood ones A holly suggestions that a flicker rates a camouflage of folly Attempted men of robbery, executed sloppily The popper see this mockery and walk the top with me Put the hands up to touch the Akasha Cause you know deep down there's something bigger than your wallet Eternal balance of all that is good, true, and beautiful, friends. Welcome back to Rogue Ways tonight. This wild Wednesday, we will be talking about popes and Freemasonic symbolism. It'll be a fun episode, and uh, I hope you guys are all doing well today, this Wednesday. This week seems to be flying by. Uh, fall, fall is interesting. There's just here, it's been like 80 this week, which is pretty normal for here. It's not like you know, everybody freak out about climate change. Although I think that's probably what they're trying to pull off. The funny thing is, is it was getting pretty cold and it is still getting, you know, chilly and, and colder, especially at night. So it's, it's definitely fall temperatures, but they've been spraying the fuck out of the sky for the past two days. And for the past two days, suddenly it's 80 degrees. So like, you know, they, they can pull off lots of different things with their stratospheric aerosol injection program that is documented and acknowledged by the government. And yet we still be called conspiracy theories for knowing it. Uh, they can make it hotter. They can make it drier. They can make it wetter. They can make it colder. They can make it rain. They can make tornadoes. They can make earthquakes. They can make fucking anything they want. So it's pretty obvious when you watch them just like crisscross, 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 and the whole sky fills up with that pond scum shit. You can still like kind of see the sun through it, but it's like hazy weird. And then all of a sudden it's 80 degrees and it had been much cooler than that. And I'm not saying natural temperature fluctuations don't occur all throughout fall. It, here, I've only been here a few years, but I've seen like even November and December, it can be like 70 or 80 suddenly. It's super weird. That's just how it is in Colorado, I guess. But yeah, they're definitely doing some shit. And then I always, I always try to notice like my physical health at those points when they are spraying the shit out of the sky. Cause I don't think they are ever going to waste the opportunity to do multiple things at once. So while it's very clear, they manipulate the weather. What else do they spray? Uh, sometimes we see those black chemtrails and then uh, seemingly those have been shown to drop desiccated flesh and other things. <laughs> it's like fucking disgusting. They test the fallout from these chemtrails and it's like barium and strontium. Uh, and sometimes people have to, uh, I won't mention her, even though you all know and love her, but just in case she doesn't want me to mention her in connection. I don't know why she would. She has a blog about it. Anyway, she was talking about sometimes she has to like literally wash her, her deck off because it will just get covered in this white substance. Um, so anyways, that's what's been going on here. Otherwise things are good. Everything is shiny and happy and new. All of the chickens are happy, running around, being little goofballs. It's fun. Oh, that's interesting. Someone in the chat says maybe it's lithium they're spraying, just like sedative. Um, do you remember that uh, in Firefly? That the Reavers, the Reavers are like the scariest, fucking most awful, like space pirate. They're worse than space pirates. They're like space fucking hyperspeed zombies that just want to rip you apart and rape you to death. The Reavers were created by this program on this planet. Spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't watched this like ancient show that is fucking amazing, they are spraying this planet 
with these chemicals, not unlike lithium, in order to like soothe the populace and make them easy to manage. And they'll all just be docile and do what they're told. And for most people, it seems to work. But for a small number of people, it does so much the opposite. They go insane with fucking rage that they rip themselves up apart and also kill everyone else. So all that's left of the planet are those people. <laughs> and then and then they go off into space and terrorize everyone else. Um, and you know, that would be fitting. If you think you can play fucking God, fuck everybody's biology, spray all your chemicals on the sky, maybe that's what you'll get. Hopefully not. Hopefully we don't turn into reavers, but we'll just jump into it here on Rogueways. I'm, I'm glad to see you all there in the chat. And I will also try to remember to check in with the chat from time to time as we do. And otherwise, I will just remind everybody watching or listening out there that rogueways.org is the hub for all things. If you just watch the show on Rockfin or you listen to it on the podcast, I invite you to come check out all the stuff there. You can book soul services with me. You can check out my channeled writing. You can go to the books tab and see all the things that I write and you can grab any of them right here. You can also get most of them on Audible, on Barnes and Noble, on Amazon, and other places, other bookstores, and they're here in bundles as well. If you like to just read fiction, you can get the trilogy bundle. That's the three books of the fictional trilogy. You can get the channeled book bundle if you just want the spiritual stuff, the good stuff. Uh, and it's all spiritual and good, but you know, you can get the quintuple book bundle if you would like all of it at once and you love to read. And those are all massively discounted from buying them individually. I also do the electronic or the digital downloads of the book. So if you want to read them on an electronic device, you can also get those here or on Amazon or on Barnes and Nobles. So, um, of course, I would also love for all of you to stay connected to get on the mailing list for updates, for deals and for things. I, I basically tend to send out like one email a month. I don't really send that many emails, so it's not one of those that you're going to want to instantly unsubscribe from. So you can do that too on any page here on the site. Schedule a session, like I said, that will take you to all the different things. There's the six-month transformational journey, the past life trauma and healing journey. There's guidance sessions, sound healing, tarot, all kinds of stuff, a, a blessing. I also do the weekly meditations and weekly spiritual teachings on Sundays. All of that is under schedule sessions or book a session. Or if you go to calendly.com slash rogueways, my courses are all available to you as well. If you want to learn about any of the things I do, how to do them yourself, or just basic spiritual tools, basic spiritual practices, all that type of stuff is also linked to here from the site under courses. It is all hosted over on Thinkific. So it's rogueways.thinkific.com. But you can see them all here and, and grab them if you like them. You can read the testimonials of other people who have worked with me. You can head to the shop, get Orgone, get medicine bundles, get monthly packages of the Sunday teachings or Sunday meditations for a cheaper price. All the books are here. That's in the shop at rogueways.org. The Rogue tab will give you all the places Rogue is. Telegram, SoundCloud, Substack, all the different audio and video platforms. You can just listen to the show right here from the site. That's all on the Rogue tab. And finally, the Favorite Things tab gets links to all the good stuff. I believe there's still a day or 
I could be wrong, at least today, if not tomorrow and the next day too, of a huge sale going on at Phoenix Aurelius's Alchemical Labs. If you use this exact link or any of the other links I've shared on my Instagram, Twitter, or anywhere else in the Telegram chat and other places, rogue.locals.com, any of those links or this link here on the Favorite Things tab will support the show if you buy anything there as most of these links do, and it doesn't cost you anything. And most of these places, if you use the coupon code RogueWays, you also get discounts. So any of these places here, try that out. Use these links. Use that code. doTERRA, CHEO, Dr. Morse, True Leaf Sprouting, Chemical Free Body, Honey Colony, Phoenix Aurelius, and AquaCure Hydrogen Therapy, all of those things I use myself, and therefore I don't mind promoting. And that's rogueways.org. So go check it out. There's a lot of stuff there. Also, rogueways.substack.com is where I do all my current writing. So anything that I'm doing, uh, articles I'm writing, opinion pieces, most of the time it's it's health stuff because I'm on my health journey, as you all well know. <laughs> and so I share with you even the details you didn't want to know of how to heal yourself from everything. And I also do my channeled writings here. So if you would like those channeled messages from the spiritual ancestors when you call for peace is the most recent one. The one before that was the spiritual law of grace. If you sign up as a supporter on rogueways.substack.com, you do get access to the archives so you can go back and read them as well. So that's on Substack. And now we'll jump into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, whoa. All right. I'm, I'm getting my shit together. Don't worry about it. So here uh, I'm sharing this because this is, um, this is actually a really cool account. If you want to follow this on Instagram, I, I really like him. And, uh, this is Tim and Vixtagram and it's Bobby Puleo, I believe is how you would say his, his name. <laughs> um, and we were talking once about him coming on the show, but he was like, I don't know. I, I don't really think this like translates to a show, which I disagree with, but you know, I'm not going to push it, but he just does really cool stuff. He doesn't tend to draw conclusions, but he will um, give you windows into synchronistic alignments and intentional seeming magic rituals and things. And I don't even know if he would call them that, but he notices a lot of numerological associations and, just different things connecting with the esoteric and the symbolism. So today he posted this. This is actually not the post he posted. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's my, you know, stuff messing things up or if he changed the post. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of going to reconstruct it for you as we go. So don't you worry. Uh, but we have here the traditional Rider Waite tarot deck version of the Hanged Man. Um People generally expect me to know the Rider Waite tarot really well because 99.99999% of all humans start with the Rider Waite tarot and spend many years with it before they ever like branch out into a different tarot deck, which I think is a great way to do it. It's it's a good it's a good traditional. This is the structure. This is this is the tarot. I started, as you may well know, if you've heard this story 10 billion times from like every show I've guested on, wants to know this specific story, <laughs> so. Um, and I've told it on this show a few times and I'm not retelling it now, but you may know that I've never used that deck. I've only used one deck. It's the deck I've used for decades. Uh, 20, I think we're, I'm almost at 30 years, which is fucking crazy. 30 years of tarot with this deck. 
And I've never used another deck literally. And um, so I don't know, but I know it because it's everywhere. Because everybody who ever shows an image of a tarot card uses the Rider Waite deck because everybody uses it because everybody talks about it and everybody knows it. So you may have seen this image a million times. It also came into um, the mass consciousness of this specific community, you know, truth or alternative, whatever you want to call us. I don't really care. Uh, when Ellen made the hanged man during COVID lockdowns, she made the hanged man symbol on her couch as like a pose. And then that was connected to like Pizzagate and like the idea that kids were being saved and that that's why the shutdowns were happening. And that's why Donald Trump made them happen. It was to save all the kids from the underground tunnels and like da da da. So there's, there's another time this came up in recent mass consciousness or subconsciousness. But here, Tim and Vixtagram is uh, pointing to a few other things. Um, <laughs> Any word says, why is the hanged man in the figure four? Well, he's actually in the upside down figure four, isn't he? Um, and for, for uh, I'm not numerologist. I'm a person who goes through my own spiritual channels to gain information as directly as possible through gnosis. So through a combination of my experience, my understanding of reality, and my understanding of numbers, that's what I go off of. Four is the number of cycles. It's the number, right? We have four seasons. I don't know. <laughs> we have four directions. <laughs> we have four sides to things. You might want to say four, four ordinal points. Um, so it's the number of like a, a cycle, cycles and structure. Structure and cyclical nature is four. And this is reversed and upside down for. And really what I would tell you that it means, and I don't know what anyone else thinks it means, and I, I don't generally care because that's not where I found wisdom most of my life. So um, what I see this as meaning is that the, the cycle is in pause. It's in stop. It's not reversing. It's not going backwards. It's just not, it's not moving at the moment. And that's what the hanged man really represents. You're hanged. You're not going anywhere. And some people look at that as being stuck and whatever, and whatever the dark esoteric people use it as is another question. They invert most things and they misuse most things and they abuse most things. So I definitely wouldn't look to them <laughs> for my interpretation of this energy. But that's what I'm just going to say to you because you because you asked. So um, what Tim is saying here, or sorry, his name's actually Bobby, but Tim and Vixtagram, that account. I'm going to read it to you. He says, there are 33 degrees in the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. On Monday, 10-9, a 33-year-old man threw himself into the reflecting pool at the 9-11 memorial, injuring one leg. The hanged man, X-1-1, which is Roman numeral 12, is the 12th major arcana card in most traditional tarot decks. It depicts a pittura infamante, an image of a man being hanged upside down by one ankle. This method of hanging was a common punishment at the time for traitors in Italy. However, the solemn expression on his face traditionally suggests that he is there by his own accord, and the card is meant to represent self-sacrifice more so than it does corporal punishment or criminality. The self-sacrifice thing is, is some part of it, or at least the idea that you are giving up something in order to gain something. Um, and so in, in my deck, in my tradition, in my version of the hanged man, the idea is that whatever you're stuck in, quote unquote, or, or forced to hang out in for whatever reason, it is actually going to be uplifting in the end. You're being forced to pause, chill the fuck out, 
stop, <laughs> take stock. So that might feel like you're sacrificing your time or your movement, or your momentum or your achievement or whatever, um, but you're actually going to gain more than you sacrifice. So the self-sacrifice, like how we might project onto that idea is not what I get out of this card. You can even see again by this guy's, um, he's got a halo. Like he's gaining, not just, he's gaining spiritually from this, actually. Okay, so anyways, this is the Hanged Man card. He's connecting it to 9-11. Um, I'm not really sure. He does, again, he doesn't really draw a lot of conclusions. He just puts a lot of things that connect together. In the pictures he had before, it was obvious why he was connecting this XII with 9-11 because you could see, actually, should I just pull it up now? We'll come back to it, but I'll show you now. If you are um, a middle path person and you join us on Thursdays, you're a supporter on Rockfin or on Apple Podcasts, this might be familiar to you, but... And we're not saying anything else than this is an interesting pattern. The cube, which is known as the cube of Saturn, the black cube of Saturn is a thing, right? If you break it down, you look at the lines in the middle here, you see IXXI, which is 9IX and 11XI. And so 911 is encoded into the cube. And I had this long document we've been going through has so much stuff in it. Some of it is kind of nonsense and some of it's, you know, really just right on a good summary of things in the spiritual realm. And then some like two times in this, it's three times in this document. It's like blew me away. And this was one of the ones that blew me away. I've never seen that about the cube before. And that 9-11 is encoded in it. It's very interesting. And so he had a picture of this. He had a picture of IXXI. And I don't know that he knew anything else beyond that, you know, you rearrange 12 a little bit and it represents 9-11. But here's what he was also pointing out. That man fell into this reflecting pool. This was just a few days ago. When was this? He already said it, I know, but 10th of October. So about a week ago. And if you see... This isn't the picture. He had the picture where this guy was in the hanged man form. And now it's, I'm not seeing it on this article at least. But it's funny because before this, I only saw this story a handful of times. And the times I saw it, what that was the picture I saw was this man in the hanged man position. What even is this picture? I guess that's him walking. It looks like an upside down person with their legs in the air, but I don't know. It's just a bad angle, I guess. So anytime we see 33, we might pay attention and go, oh, that's one of their calling cards. It's also just a number that exists. So not every time you see 33 in the news is it anything to do with this. But when it's 33 and it has to do with 9-11 and it has to do with these cubes, these black cubes that are now in the footprint of the buildings that were destroyed by the psychopath cabal back in 2001, you have to pay attention. So he was just drawing this all together. Again, he's not, he's not drawing any conclusions. He's just drawing it together in this post. So maybe I can find other pictures of this man. Anyway, I didn't also, while we're on this topic, I didn't realize these like cubes were such huge depressions into the earth and that like they're called a reflecting pool, but like clearly he like slid down in them. They also look like they're actually inverted pyramids. I don't know what fucking shape these things are. How creepy can it get? 
Is it possible that's just a inverted pyramid? It meets at a point at the bottom of this hole. And it's like, how many layers? One, two, three layers deep. Here's the fucking symbolism on the corner here, too, of the compass and square. It's just this whole ritual of like destroying it and then making these creepy fools is weird enough. But maybe I can find the picture of him in the hanged man position. Um, action pool man. Find him the bloodied man. So maybe that'll help. Yeah, that's wild. I Like I said, before I even ran into this post by Tim and Vixtagram, I'd only encountered this story a few times, and each time I had seen the hanged man pose, and now it's, like, fucking gone. <laughs> and, and his post is gone. I mean, like, the post is here, but all the other pictures... Oh, here they are! Okay, it's coming. There it is. All right. Well, how did that just show up when it wasn't showing up before? What the fuck ever? So here you see him in this position. Yeah, he was in a lot of other positions. This picture was the one I'd specifically seen in some other stories, like I said, that had just like flashed across my day when it happened. And now there's all sorts of other ones and not this one, which is interesting enough. So he's in the hanged man position. He's got one leg crossed. He's got that upside down four thing going on. And he's plunging literally into the 9-11 reflecting pool. And then we have this picture. And this is also 9-11. And it's a famous photo. In fact, it has its own entry on Wikipedia, The Falling Man. And it was taken by an Associated Press photographer, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, but it could, because if you were going to release a doctored or fake or just particularly symbolically choice picture you happened to grab from that day, you would do it through the AP. Any of those things would be would be true. And this is on 9-11. And it also captures like, you know, for, for many people, whatever 9-11 was, there's a lot of trauma around it, a lot of heartbreak around it, a lot of grief around it. And a lot of people like myself, I even said at the time, I was like, what fucks me up the most is the people jumping out of the buildings. It fucks me up way more than thinking someone crashed a plane or hijacked a plane or wanted to commit mass murder and you know, obviously those aren't even what actually happened. But just at the time when you're just like dealing with like what maybe happened, this was the worst part for me. And a lot of other people echoed that sentiment. So a picture like this, you know, it is, um, it, it's holding a lot of significance in the mass mind and the mass consciousness. It is its own symbol. It is its own trigger. And so they've loaded this symbol with that triggering level of emotion for a lot of people. The falling man. You also get, there's so many things we could talk about with just this picture. It's half dark and half light. It's like the checkerboard. If you see these lines going across and then these lines going up and down, it just it makes a, a very strange, a very elongated, but still a checkerboard pattern. It's black, white, black, white, black, white. And even that has its own inversion over here on the other side. All of that is super Freemasonic. Where he is at in the picture is also very hanged man. This guy's uh, 
I, I, I don't know, like in the upper, I mean, he's not, he's, he's the whole card, but you can see like if the T, if the top of the T were going across here, his foot would start about where this guy's foot is. So this guy's much smaller. It's a different thing, but it's like, it's, it's very interestingly similar in many ways. In this, it's also reflected. And so then we have this guy who's falling into the reflecting pool and he's in the hangman position. So it is really interesting. Um, he also, and I don't know why this isn't here either, because I swear it was in the description before. Uh, but he talks about Hiram Abiff and the Freemasonic rituals in which um, Hiram is injured in his leg. This is why he has his leg, his th pant leg rolling up. And when people go through their initiating ish um, <laughs> rites or rituals or whatever with the Freemasons, they'll have a leg rolled up. They'll be blindfolded because he's also injured in his eye. And then I forget where else his arm. I think that's why his arm doesn't have a leg on it. Maybe it was his throat. And that's why he's got a noose around his neck. I don't fucking remember. Um, but he's injured in these ways. And so these people going through the right will like mimic being Hiram Abiff and going through and there's sacrifice in that and self-sacrifice in that too. It's not super hanged Manny, but it is. I mean, he's got a noose. His leg is also bare one leg and you know, and then he reminds us of this IXXI thing, which is similar to the number 12, which is on the hanged man card. So again, no, no conclusions, just presenting all that. And it is a really interesting connection. And um, so it makes you wonder, like, if this thing the other day with the man going into the pool is just some kind of re-triggering, or if it's a sign to themselves, because they do this too. I mean, the purpose of Ellen photographing herself in the hanged man position and publishing it was to send messages to fucking someone. The reason they've got their little splatter fucking cast or whatever it's called splatter sh i don't even remember. it's frazzled drip it's so fucked up the reason they wear their little frazzle drip coats is to signal to each other like yeah we're not stopping whatever's going on out there in the world and whoever's noticing our baby eating behaviors like we're not going to stop we're going to wear our frazzle drip shirts proudly so they signal to each other with these things too so is this a signal to themselves are they saying like look let's get ready for more 9-11s that level of false terrorism to usher in yet another stage of their agenda 2030 slash world 15 minute smart city takeover. Who knows? I, I don't ever really care either way. Like it doesn't even really matter to me. I just notice these things and I like his little collection here of all of these things that he's drawn together. I just seriously, those picture more than anything makes me go like, how deep is that fucking hole? And like, how did they get him out of there? And is it an inverted pyramid? If you guys know, let me know. Um, anyway, thank you so much for the tip. Appreciate you. Cab says four base, four bases in baseball, which is also a Freemason layout. Yeah. The baseball diamond is the Freemasonic symbol. Good call. And that four embedded in there. So yeah, this picture too, and many people said like, this didn't even happen. This is all CGI. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. At the time, it still had that emotional response for me. Because I, although I figured it out pretty fucking quick, I wasn't instantly like, this is all fake. I was just like, what the, f how, what? 
<laughs> and then I saw everyone reacting to it, becoming like super weirdly, unquestioningly, angrily patriotic and wanting to like kill people in other countries. And they didn't even know what was going on. And I was like, wow, that was fucking nuts. Like whether it was real or not, that's who these people are. That's who's around me all the time. I am surrounded in psychopaths. It's very eye-opening. But yeah, very easily could have been just a fake picture altogether. Um, who knows? Definitely a possibility. But this Saturn thing, I want to go back to this, this 9-11 thing. This representing the cube sort of thing. And this idea of Saturn. And no, we're not on middle path. I'll try not to do like a full lesson on it. But I just want to remind people, 9-11, the idea of it is that you're getting to nine, which is um, a super powerful number, and you skip 10, and 10 is the totality. 10 is, is what doesn't actually exist. 10 is the duality. It's an illusion in a way, but it's also the, the collection of all the things below it. And so in a, it's supposed to represent God. 10 represents God. In tarot, the number 10, whatever card is 10, is like the complete and total of that um, that, uh, Jesus Christ, a <laughs> fucking, oh, like the wands or the stones or the suit. It's that suit's totality. It's the epitome of that suit. So is the king and the queen in different ways. It's just whatever. Anyway, we won't go into that either. So 10 is like that. So nine eleven. the idea of it is like, you skip over God. You go from nine, this like really powerful number, and then you go straight to 11. You skip God. You cut God out. And in a way, 11 is one, twice, but it's one. You go back to the beginning again. You start over again. So you skip God and you go back to the beginning. In a way, you're stuck in a box. You just keep going through the same cycle over and over again. You never get to just 10, the totality, the complete balance and union of masculine and feminine. One is masculine. Zero is feminine. They're together. Right? You just skip that. You skip that and you go back to the beginning. So it's like a little trap. It's a magical trap. It's a powerful sigil. It also represents this cube. The cube in itself is not a trap, but it can be <laughs> if you let yourself be trapped by it. And this is why the whole idea of Saturn being negative or bad is pretty silly in my opinion. The idea of a cube being bad is pretty silly in my opinion. They are using the worst aspects of those things symbols and energies and inverting them and abusing them. And that's bad. But the things themselves are not. The number nine isn't bad. The number 11 isn't bad. The number 911 isn't bad. You use it intentionally in this way and you get everyone else to connect to it in that same way. And you hypercharge it with this massive amount of emotion. And then you wrap it back into itself instead of letting it actually ever come to any natural conclusion. You're, you're, you're working powerful magic. And so Freemasons and maybe others and or maybe others know this. They're really good at it. But a box, a cube, if you're inside of it, that is kind of a Saturnian energy. Saturn's like, yeah, fucking figure it out. Prove it to me that you know your shit. Can you get out of the fucking box? Can you think literally outside of the box? Or are you stuck in there? And if you're stuck in there, nobody's fault but your own. That's Saturn's energy. Saturn's like, come on, get your shit together. What do you got? Prove it. He's not like, I hate you. I hope you die. I am Satan. Oh, ha, ha. Like, he's just like, here's your challenge. What are you going to do? 
And if you never had a challenge, you would never grow and your life would be pointless and boring. So I don't really care if you like Saturn or not. It's a necessary energy in the universe. It's, it's decent. It's good. Cube isn't bad. 9-11 is not bad. But you can see how they're like using it here. And you can also see how it mirrors each other. Check it out, right? IX9 and then XI11, they're mirrored. We just looked at the mirroring of this, the falling man's image. We can see the mirroring in the hanged man card in many important ways, not all. And it's literally called the mirror pool or whatever, right? The mirroring pool or what a reflective pool. It's a fucking mirror. <laughs> and so is 9-11, the number itself in Roman numerology. What's super cool and interesting is this same exact symbol literally spells out and writes I am. You can see here over on the left, this pink I going up and down the middle. The A is connecting the two lower corners and the point at the top. And then the M is making the rest of it. And that is the cube also. You can see it right here. And I am is a name of God. I am is one of the most powerful statements you can make. You are a magical being because this is like becoming a middle path episode. <laughs> you are a magical being. When you say the words, I am blank, this is a magical spell you're casting. And this is why you should never even jokingly say like, oh, I'm so stupid. Like, oof, what a desecration. Talk about taking the Lord's name in vain. I was just thinking about this earlier. I was like, why do people care if you take the Lord's name in vain? Like they think you're like calling on something finite. And that if you call on it in the wrong times, you're like wasting its time. And I'm like, if God is God, God is infinite, eternal, and you couldn't waste its energy because there's, you know what I'm saying? But this, this would be like sacrilege. This would be like taking Lord's name in vain. And if you want to work some really good magic, you say all the good things. I am abundant. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am strong. So that's pretty cool. I like this. Um, and it is very similar to the sigil of Saturn. And the sigil of Saturn is a magical astrological symbol. I think I just said that right. <laughs> I don't know what I just said, but I'm pretty sure it was true. You know, when you say something and then you're like, wait, what did I just say? Um, so that sigil of Saturn is that very similar, very interesting. You can see how it all wraps together. And again, the things themselves aren't bad. There are bad people who misuse the things. That isn't good. And so that that's that. That's that little cluster. Again, there's something going on with it, like whether they're, they're signaling to each other about this man who fell in the pool and what they're going to do next and, you know, what might be going on as things are heating up here with the fake World War III, you know. I'm sure this has some connection to it. You and I probably won't know until retrospect, until we're reflecting and looking back on it and going, oh, that's what it was signaling. But it's still interesting to notice it in real time and to guess that it probably is signaling some sort of false flag attack because that's what this energy is. And it's very unifying uh, nationalistically and very divisive at the actual community and individual levels, which is exactly what they want. So they're re-triggering some of that symbolism and energy. Who knows why? Um, I also thought this was interesting. This is just a totally different but related um, tenet we'll go off on. This is from Conspiracy Archive, which I didn't even know is a site and might or might not be pretty cool. But this, <laughs> I don't even remember how I came across this article somewhere, but I 
enjoyed this idea, and it's Masonic emblems on coins and medallions during the French Revolution. Um, so, God, we used to have so much better art than we have now. Like, people actually knew what art was and made art. Now it's like you just barf out anything onto any space and you can call it art. And it's very depressing. <laughs> but anyway, this this is cool. This is very Masonic, too. There's a lot of symbolism in this as well. Um this is probably literally a Masonic. They don't have a caption on this, so I don't know, but it's probably literally a Masonic piece of art. Oh, it's a French Revolution piece of art, and it's Masonic. That is interesting. All right. So this person who writes this is Terry Melanson. Again, on Conspiracy Archive, he says the impetus for this compilation of numismatic, numismatic, what? Often I come across a word I don't know. Oh, it's like of coins. I had no idea. I knew it would be something shiny, like numinous. Numismatics, the study or collection of currency. Well, we've all learned something new today. I bet a, I bet a bunch of you are like, duh, I'm a fucking numismatic pro, bruh. Uh, the impetus for this compilation of numismatic Masonic symbolism during the French Revolution stems from a single paragraph in James H. Billington's Fire in the Minds of Men, Origins of the Revolutionary Faith. And in that, he quotes, in the early days of the revolution, masonry provided much of the key symbolism and ritual, beginning with the Masonic welcome under a vault of swords of the king at the Hotel de Ville, three days after the fall of the Bastille. To be sure, most French masons prior to the revolution had been not revolutionaries, not even reformers, nor even discontent. And even during the revolution, masonry as such remained politically polymorphous. Each social element and each political tendency could go Masonic as it wished. But masonry provided a rich and relatively non-traditional foraging ground for new national symbols, coins, songs, banners, seals, and new forms of address, and new models for civic organizations, particularly outside of Paris. Just even this paragraph is exactly indicative of why I personally am never fomenting for revolution. And it is not because I don't believe that it would be fantastic. I don't think revolution is even the right word, but I know what people mean when they say it. But if we pause and we think of the word itself, what it actually means is, let's go back to the number four, actually. It's the exact same thing. You have these four parts in the cycle, and they just keep going and going and going. They're revolving. And when you have a revolution, it means you go back to the beginning. So it's like a reset button, like the Great Reset, for example. So I don't even think it's good to use the word revolution, if you say we need an evolution or we need a transformation of our society, that's probably more descriptive of what people actually mean. And I'm not a pedantic asshole, so I don't correct people when they're talking, but this is how I think about it. And this is why I wouldn't call for revolution. That's not even the main reason why. The main reason why is because of this paragraph and what it's talking about. It's saying the Masons, without actually saying the Masons planned and carried out this revolution... They're saying the Masons planned and carried out this revolution. They're like, the Masons provided all the imagery. They provided all of the sentiment. They provided all of the organizing principles. 
And you may think, and, and maybe it's true, it is possible that this is the universe in which all of that was done completely benevolently, where they were like, oh, the people need symbols? Well, let us supply them. We have so many and just threw out symbols. And people were like, these are perfect. Thanks, Masons. And the Masons were like, no problem, people. We got your back. That's possible. It's probably not how it went. <laughs> it probably was a lot more conniving than that. It was probably a lot more intentional than that. And it probably had a lot more powerful machinations behind the scenes than that. And that's also why, because I've never seen in my not exhaustive, but pretty fucking deep, much more than most people's view of history, that any revolution has ever occurred outside of the absolutely planned intentions of the psychopath class. Revolutions don't occur exactly when we need them. They occur exactly when they want them. And then people are made to feel like we did this and we stood up and we whatever. All the other times we stood up, though, we were crushed. Why? What went different this time? Oh, this time we had a leader. Who fucking provided the leader? Well, it turns out every time one of these fucking secret societies did. And I'm not saying don't trust people who pop up and become really great leaders. Those people are very, very possible to be actually genuine and real. They usually end up getting killed. I'm not saying like you should never trust anyone or any movement or anything. I'm saying when there are real grassroots movements, they're almost always infiltrated immediately. And those infiltrators are meant to either keep it really divided and weak and like not effective or to flat out plant some shit and get it all destroyed to begin with. So I've never seen a natural revolution. I've never seen a revolution that was successful actually. And, and I'll just add like a third thing here on the not doing revolutions with <laughs> the side of things is that I think most people are not fucking even clear on what the fuck they mean. People get a big ego when they get to be like, yeah, let's do something. We got to do something, guys. We're just go act. We need to stop this. And like, woo. And it's like, well, what are you actually going to do? And no one will ever answer that question. No one ever answers the question. I'm not saying the communists are like the best people to base anything off of, but the organization I was in was a huge organization. It's a nationwide organization, the Revolutionary Communist Party USA. It's an international organization. They've got conferences and leaders and fucking organ hierarchy and all sorts of shit. They have their shit together on that side of things. And you ask them how it's going to go. They've been planning it for fucking ever. Their entire existence has been only to accomplish one thing, and that is the communist overthrow and revolution in every country in the world. And you ask them, how are you going to do it? And no one ever answered. They do not have an answer. You say, okay, well, then what's going to happen when you do? And they have very nebulous answers. Oh, the dictatorship of the proletariat is going to happen. How? Exactly how? Tell me. Nobody can. What's going to happen after how are you going to give up power and then make no state at all in the place of that? No answer. They have really, really, really long, super pedantic, absolutely ridiculous essays that say nothing, but no actual plan. No one ever has a plan. You know who has a plan? 
psychopaths have a plan. They have a plan so fucking specific that they can have a guy walk up to a pool with his leg hurt and it can start the plan. No one ever had to send anyone a fucking message about it. <laughs> this is the message. There's no like strict orders or like step-by-step -step anything and it gets carried out. I'm not saying those things don't exist somewhere. They, you know, they plan shit. But like, that's how fucking well it works. For, they've got a fucking plan. They know if you, if you were in their circle and you ask them what's going to happen, they say this, he's going to do this and this and this and this and that person and this and then this and then this and on this day at this time and da, 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 And here's the clip we're going to play. And here's the 25 pictures. And there's the articles we've written. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Oh, what's going to happen after this? <laughs> what if such and such goes wrong? Well, then this. That's what they have. So motherfuckers say to me, we have to have revolution. I'm like, okay. But I mean, how, what, where, when? I'm like, we gotta what is, uh, to, to take to arms. I'm like, you just, are you gonna go shoot people? <laughs> Who are you gonna shoot? Where are you gonna find a Rockchild or a Rockefeller? Rockchild. Rothschild or a Rockefeller. Where are they? Are you gonna find them? Are they gonna let you get close with your gun? I'm not trying to demoralize anyone. I just, I hate this rhetoric. It's so pointless and empty and stupid. And I just, I liked this, whether this person's trying to say this or not, it just points out that like this, this most famous of revolutions, the French revolution, outside of the American revolution, they're like the two famous ones. And they were both exceptionally planned and intentional in my humble opinion. So, you know, then he goes into like the coins and the symbols and the things, um, which are interesting too. They've got all the numbers and the geometry and the symbols on them. Um, and the people, the Phrygian cap, the compass, the scroll. It's pretty cool in itself. Like the coins are neat. They've got even the... Jacqueline and Boaz or whatever pillars with all of their little coats of arms and shit. I mean, shit, shit is planned out. You're going to fucking mint some coins and create the art of them. And this one, I almost said a hexagon is an octagon. That's interesting. I would have expected more a hexagon, but so yeah, some of these are neat. The pelican is a Masonic symbol for Rosicrucian degrees. So here's the pelican. And again, I'll, I'll say it a million times. Freemasons in general could genuinely be like a group of people who is attempting to keep alive a lost and ancient or a dying uh, level of intellect and academic rigor and philosophy and beauty. Um, genuinely, I, I could see that. And then I could also see if that is and or ever was the case that that too got infiltrated and taken over systems get taken over by psychopaths. That's why I like anarchy, but in anarchy, everyone has to be well enough to not allow psychopaths to be psychopaths, <laughs> which I haven't met many people who are very good at that. We're all getting better and better all the time. Even just identifying psychopathy as a negative uh, behavior has been such a really cool thing to see over the past three or four years. It's solidified for me. 
you know, I understood borderline personality control uh, disorder and I understood uh, sociopaths and narcissists, but I didn't really connect it to psychopathy. I didn't really connect it as this grand spectrum until the last few years. And that's why for a little while that was like my thing. I was like trying to tell everyone like, look, (laughs) we can all be more aware of this. We can all stop it. We can all like be better at not being enabling of this behavior. Oh, I like this one. It's got the Ouroboros with the fleur-de-lis in the center. And the eagle, which is always a phoenix. Eagle, phoenix, they're interchangeable, interestingly. So all these coins, all these coins were used during the just, just the French Revolution. If you had this many coins during this one period, that's pretty impressive. And who knows if you went through them year by year and like act by act or ruler by ruler, whatever the fuck actually happened day by day during this time, I wonder if you could identify uh, this, this sort of secret messages and directives being passed out with these coins, you know? So anyone who knew, knew anyone who saw the coin was like, okay, this is what we're doing next. Now I mean, it's a nice system effective see if we had our shit together this level we would deserve to not be overtaken by psychopaths i mean we deserve to not be either way i haven't quite seen the compass and square put into a pentagram before that's interesting and it has this double-edged uh spear as one of the sides as well which is also this might be my favorite coin what was that what was that new word we just learned numismatic this numismatic collection is just stunning isn't it (laughs) if i were a numismatic collector i would want some of these you know right when you learn a new word you're supposed to use it like three times immediately and then again the next day numismatic uh coins (laughs) numismatic people must like these coins all I got. So that's interesting, right? And this is a a call to not revolt. (laughs) I I mean, and like, if you do, do whatever. If a a revolution starts occurring, though, I would stop and ask, like, whose revolution is this? Who's running the show? Is there a clear plan? Not that you always get to follow the plan, but like, do you have a clear plan even of what exactly is going to happen? Because if you don't, someone else is running the show and you're a useful idiot, period. You can't keep a narcissist, psychopath, borderline personality disorder, sociopath person to their word and the plan if you don't know the plan. That was really funny in the whole Q thing. People like, trust the plan, trust the plan. Like, what's the plan? Nobody knows. Okay, well, then you don't have one. You're just trusting a random nothingness with all of your projected hopes. It's a common mishap. So at least ask good questions at the least, and then perhaps don't murder, you know, without really good cause. So, you know, popes, popes are also most likely chosen by something like the Freemasons, if not, if not a completely different organization. Again, Freeman, Freeman Flyas is the OTO, is what people would actually be referring to when they say Illuminati and, and, you know, psychopath cabal and all of this. It's the Ordo Templo Orientis. And maybe uh, if anyone were going to be right, it would be him. So I'd put my money on that. 
But I'd also, I bet that it's possible we have no fucking clue and that these are all just like public facing aspects, you know, recruitment centers for the psychopaths, both for useful idiots and for the actually fucking deranged, you know, (laughs) like they're both going to end up there. And that's the other thing. People are like, Freemasons are all good. They're all fine. They're just normal people. Like, yeah, I think most of them are. I think most of them are just normal people who like esoteric stuff and like to feel part of a community, just like people who go to church. But then the head of the church, like the Pope, could be an evil demonic fuck or a hologram or both. <laughs> so who knows? This is, though, the prophecy of the Popes. And the prophecy of the Popes was uh, something that was created by St. Malachi. And Malachi spelled weird. So if you're going to go looking for it, it's M-A-L-A-C-H-Y. And when Pope Francis was selected in what, 2013, who's the current Pope? Is it him? Is this the end of times Pope that we're at? Current Pope. I never fucking remember people's names. Pope Francis. So this current Pope, when he was elected, I guess in 2013, because that's when this article is from, um, People said it signaled the end of the world. He's the end times Pope. And it's because of this prophecy of St. Malachi. Uh, and, and now there's all of these, <laughs> you know, there was this very, for a long time, it was just hidden. It wasn't like that talked about or known about that there even was a list of Popes or a prophecy of the Popes. Um, and it was kind of like an Ostradamus that like, if you did find it and you did look into it, you could kind of see like, yeah, that one matches this one and this one, this one, but I don't really get this one or this one or what that even means. And, you know, whatever. And then um, now there's all these like people who have come out since this Pope was elected, not before, <laughs> and said, you know, this prophecy and this list of Popes is all just a scam. It was uh, made up in the 1600s for whatever to get some guy elected. And maybe, obviously, that is a possibility. But it's interesting to me that no one questioned it until this Pope got elected. And then this Pope got elected and then the prophecy was like much bigger deal because people were like, look, dude, this is the last Pope on the list. This is the end times Pope. He's here. And so they had to like, it got enough attention, just like Pizzagate and anything else that gets enough attention. They have to shut it down. Look at the fucking, holy shit. Look at the picture right here. Talk about synchronicity. What shape is that? What symbol is that? Like his little fucking crossed legs here. What the shit? It's the fucking hanged man. I mean, this is like a from uscatholic.org and it's a recommended reading of their own alternative article that's not this one. You know, they're like, oh, if you like this, you'll like this other article too. It's not even one of those ads that's like populated by what you say, <laughs> right? Or what you talk to. You just talk to someone and you're like, man, I really want a bagel. And then all of a sudden the next page you go to is like, bagels are at the store right now for you. Like, it's not that. This is this is its own internal of this site recommended post. That's amazing. So, so anyway, aside from that synchronicity, here's this guy. And, and I don't remember, I don't know when I grabbed this article, whenever that was, that this was on my mind that just came together today to make this episode. I don't remember if this article poo-poos the, the prophecy or, or says it's real, but we'll find out. Uh, and so remember, this is a Catholic site. So they're pro-Pope in general. It's their leader. 
their representative to heaven or whatever, right? Isn't he supposed to be like the one who can directly connect with heaven? It's such a pile of bullshit. I'm sorry if you're Catholic. Like what the fuck would be the point of having one guy? (laughs) Got my one guy on earth. I'll talk to him and no one else. Like what? Why? What a pointless system. Really good for people who want to manipulate and control the entire world. Not effective for a god. Super silly. Um, So anyways, the Catholics say, No sooner did our new pontiff announce his name as Francis than some prophecy experts took to the airwaves, claiming that the new pope is Peter the Roman, the fulfillment of the prophecy of St. Malachi, that this will be the final pope and the end of the world. Despite the new Pope being an Argentine cardinal who chose Francis as his papal name, doomsday believers have tried to salvage the prophecy by arguing that Jorge Mario Bergoglio, that's his real name, has Peter somewhere in his birth name and that Pope Francis really is a Roman since his parents are Italian immigrants who moved to Argentina. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe that's a good argument. Like, is it supposed to be Peter? We'll get there, I guess. And his name doesn't seem to have Peter in it. Jorge Mario Bergoglio is not a Peter. Um, and then he chose Francis as his papal name. I don't know why. I think that's just so you're like giving um, homage to like a pope in the past that you like or something. Like you're of, you're going to be like him. You want to walk in his footsteps, I guess. So that's Pope Francis. That's our current pope. Uh, and they're saying maybe maybe he is a Roman because he his parents were of Italy. So that would make him a Roman at the time of the writing of the prophecy originally. Um, they're saying people take these prophecies seriously. Malachi was an Irish saint. This is the guy who wrote the prophecy who lived from 1094 to 1148. And his alleged prophecies were not discovered until around 1590. The legend goes that Malachi experienced a vision in which he was given insight into the Pope's past present and future and that he the popes being plural pope popes all popes past present and future and that he recorded this vision as a series of cryptic verses the prophecies were quite accurate up to about 1590 conveniently the point at which they were found but then became rather vague lending credence to the theory that they're a 16th century forgery and that's a fair assessment if that's true if you can look at all the popes before 1590 be like yes this makes perfect sense. Every one of these exactly correlates very simply and easily and directly to the Pope of that time. And then after 1590, you're like, no, these are I Mayan maybe, but it, it's just like a stretch. Then that would lend credence to that this was actually just created in 1590 and is a forgery and not attributable to this saint. Uh, if it was of a saint, they would have to like give it more weight if they could prove that because saints in the Catholic tradition, this is a big deal. It's, it's kind of hard to become a saint. You have to be evaluated over and over again by agents of the Pope. And you guys are all waiting for me to say that. Right. And uh, they have to prove it. And it has to prove to be miraculous. It has to prove to be inexplicable and all these different, I don't know. I'm not Catholic, but it's, it's something like that. So, so it's a big deal to be a, a saint. And so if he did write this, you could prove it, but you can't prove it. It wasn't discovered to hundreds of years after his death, in fact. I, I'm kind of like, well, why attribute it to him at all? Why not some other saint? Or, you know, is he just convenient because people didn't know as much about him? Who knows? If it was a forgery, like, it, I would want to know why did they choose Malachi? 
Malachi's predictions are contained in a list of 112 symbolic phrases, supposedly representing a list of 112 popes in succession. Most likely, though, the prophecy was created as an attempt to influence the papal election of 1590 in favor of Cardinal Girolamo Simoncelli by having Malachi's prophecy identify him as the next pope. But Simoncelli was not elected, and Niccolo Sfondrati, who took the name Gregory XIV, was. Prophecy supporters have already claimed that the number 111 on the list, the glory of the olive, is Benedict XVI, because the Benedictines have a branch called the Olivetans, though Benedict himself is not an Olivetan. Prophecy goes on to say of the supposed final pope, in the final persecution of the Holy Roman Church, there will sit Peter the Roman, who will pasture his sheep in many tribulations. And when these things are finished, the city of seven hills will be destroyed and the dreadful judge will judge his people. The end. <laughs> it literally says the end. Um, and the city of seven hills is Rome. And so, yeah, Peter the Roman would be the final Pope. Uh, they say papal historian Anura Garuje says that despite using the name of St. Malachi, the prophecy isn't worth paying attention to. The fact is that Malachi is a Catholic saint, so some Catholics attribute magical or spiritual qualities to the vision. What they don't tend to grasp is that more than likely the entire thing is a forgery. So I, I don't know. Is it a forgery? Is it not? What is? It does fucking seem like the end of the world. But I thought that when it was 1996, too. I mean, like in high school, I was like, none of this shit's going to last. These motherfuckers are fucking crazy. China's going to take over the goddamn world. Russia's going to join with China. Everybody's going to fucking be against the U.S. because we've been pillaging the world forever. Our currency is going to just collapse because credit even exists. It's ridiculous how many people are in debt, how many loans there are, <laughs> and the food supply is going to collapse. And this is when I was like 16. And little did I know that somehow, by no reason at all, we would manage to make it to 2023 and still have even worse of all of those problems. None of them have been better at all. So I'm shocked we made it this far. Um, and so I, I always am remembering that. Anytime I'm like, is this the end? I'm like, probably not. <laughs> like I said, if it wasn't before, why would it be now? Could be. Probably not. So is it the final Pope? Maybe. Is it a forgery? Maybe. So let's see uh, if these people have a different idea. In this article, and this is from beliefnet.com, they say, in many ways, uh, the descriptions were uncannily accurate of each pope, and so have led to hundreds of years of speculation that this prophecy might just be real. But the real draw of the prophecy of the popes is that the cataclysmic predicted, cataclysm predicted at the end, and the idea that the current pope may be the last before that disaster occurs. And then they, they read that same thing that we just wrote, or read, the end. <laughs> the destruction of Rome... The safety of the Vatican itself being threatened. Many are now paying close attention to this 12th century foretelling. Um, but then they go into all the holes as well. And that they really aren't very accurate. After that date of publications, they really are probably a forgery. So, you know, maybe they are. And I, what is interesting, and uh, maybe we can find it. I, we don't need this this Wikipedia article, but Nostradamus 
Benedict's final pope because I think he did too. And I think that they corresponded. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Okay, yeah, I think it's on this article here. This is ancient prophecies point to Pope Francis being the last. This is from news.com.au. That's a weird place to find this. And this is also from 2013. It says the great 16th prophet Nostradamus uh, described the fate of the final Pope with eerie detail. And the first sign will soon be in our skies. When the 16th century prophet Nostradamus stared into the future, he described the fate of the final pope with eerie detail, and the first sign will soon be in our skies. The 266th pope now sits on the throne of St. Peter. Oh, see, Peter is the throne he sits on. So there is a Peter connected with this current pope. Peter the Roman. I Yeah, so it could be. I don't know, dude. Like I said, I didn't see anybody pointing to it as a fraud until, like, here. <laughs> You know, when we when he got elected. So I, I just that's a it's something to keep in mind. And according to the pen of several prophets, he will be the last. One prophet, a saint of the Catholic Church, counted down the popes until the end of the world after Pope Francis. There are no more on that list. Mr. Dom, see, that's the other thing. The number of popes he predicted corresponds. If I mean this would be the final one either way. Even if his descriptions don't seem to correspond with the popes that were actually in place. Do you know what I'm saying? This is still the last one. We're still at the last. We're at the end of the line either way. So that's also very interesting to keep in mind. So then they say Nostradamus himself foresaw the end of the pope and the church itself at a time when great a great comet was to fill our skies. Comet Ison, said to be one of the brightest for centuries, will pass by later this year. I don't remember that. In 2013, what was I doing? I, I had just moved back from Bahrain. Yeah, I don't remember our comet at all. That doesn't mean it didn't happen, obviously. I just don't remember it. I, I usually like those types of things. So, uh, Nostradamus himself foresaw the end. Oh, we already said their ancient words have set speculation ablaze on internet forums and social media debates. Anything mentioning Nostradamus is bound to fire up imaginations. From his smoke-filled room in a 16th century Renaissance France, the prophet wrote one of his characteristically tantalizing four-line prophetic quatrains. This is quatrain uh, Roman numeral 2.46, or maybe it's II.46. I don't know why it goes from Roman numerals to number. Oh, that's just like a organizing principle. Okay. Quatrain 2.46. The great star for seven days shall burn, so nakedly clear like two suns appearing. The large dog all night howling, while the great pontiff shall change his territory. I don't know. Do you, when you read that, do you think he's talking about the end of the world? You know. <laughs> I don't know. Astronomers have announced that Comet Ison, which will pass later this year, could end up being brighter than the moon if it survives its encounter with the sun. What? Do you remember a comet being brighter than the moon? What fucking timeline is this? Hold the phone. Comet Ison. Sun grazing comet from the Oort cloud, which was discovered on 2012. <sighs> Dangerous journey of Comet Ison. It looks like the Blue Kachina, which is another end time prophecy that we talked about. But everything is the Blue Kachina until it's not. 
<laughs> until it doesn't happen. And then you go, oh, I guess that wasn't the blue Gina. Weird. Uh, was common ISM brighter than the moon? The real story. I don't know. These are all old and they're all trying to assure people that the world isn't ending. So <laughs> anyway, I definitely don't remember. If there was a comet going by, it was not brighter than the moon. So not in my fucking timeline. Is, did that happen in your guys' timeline? Like, let me know. Um, so this has been seized upon as evidence that Nostradamus's words are about to come to pass. Another of Nostradamus's writings has been associated with the end of the Catholic Church. There will appear towards the north. Sorry, this is 6.6. .6. There will appear toward the north, not far from Cancer, the bearded star, Susa, Siena, Boeotia, Eretria. The great one of Rome will die the night over. Again, a portentous comet is mentioned in association with a fateful evening event evolving the great one of Rome, a phrase he repeatedly used to refer to the Catholic Church. As with all of Nostradamus's prophecies, these quatrains have been applied to various events over the centuries. However, in this case, Nostradamus was not the only one to foretell the fate of the Catholic Church's final leader in the writings of St. Malachi. We already uh, read about that. So interesting. I didn't know that um, Nostradamus might. But again, when I read those, I'm not like, okay, so it's that it, I don't see the end of the world in that. I don't see specifically that this Pope is the last Pope. And yeah, you know, that's the thing about these prophecies is they could be applied to almost, pretty much anything you want them to be applied to. Um, and I also... In my understanding of things, um, there we go. In my understanding of things, the future literally isn't written. It would be more accurate to say there are literally infinite futures and, and you from right here can go an infinite number of ways. And I do experience, and I've explained it many times, and I have very intricate ways that I've discovered this in my own life and been taught this by my higher self and my soul and my spiritual guides, but that, um, you, you, there are like faded parts of your life. We are almost a hundred percent going to hit those points. And it looks to me like, uh, here's the point you're going to hit no matter what. And then a bunch of different paths go out from there. And then here's the next point you're going to hit no matter what. A million ways to get there, but you're going to get there. It might be later, might be sooner, but it's going to be this thing that happens. So those types of things, um, that's how it seems to me. But you have some things that are definitely going to happen for sure. And, and a lot of other things are like, hmm. or and a lot of them, I think, too, are like, this is like 80%. You're probably going to do this. You could not, <laughs> but, but probably going to. There's a lot of that, too. So even in my work I do with people, um, you know, their spiritual guides and allies are almost never saying like, here's how it's going to be. It's going to be like this because it's not for sure. But they, they, even they might be like, go this way. It'll be better. <laughs> it'll be easier. It'll be brighter. It'll be whatever. But we're, you're never going to be for sure what's going to happen over there. Even in tarot, when we have cards for the future, it's like, this is probably going to happen. I, I've never had anyone come back and say that the thing didn't happen 
but I'm sure that there's been at least a few times where that was like avoided, averted, or, you know, went a slightly different way than whatever. The future isn't written. So that's my experience of the future. And, and that's why these prophecies, I think perhaps at that moment in that timeline, at that like point of was going to be met that that was true. But then so many people chose whatever pass it like this far in the future. It's like, I, I don't know, is it going to happen that way? Even the whole idea of the end times. I don't even, I think that that is like, choose your own adventure. Is it a crumbling starvation filled war torn fucking diseased like plague like is it that or is it like all these institutions like the catholic church that don't really make sense anymore crumble and things seem to end the world as we knew it is over and something totally different takes its place we did that Vigil of the Violet Flame last Saturday, especially because it was the solar eclipse, the Ring of Fire eclipse, and we were reclaiming this energy that these psychopaths love to use at those moments. And we were just a massively amazing experience. If you were there, you know. And if you weren't, you and you gave uh, some intent to be connected with that um, intention and action, then beautiful. You, I think you still felt it at least and participated for sure. But we did this, um, you know, part of it at least, not even the main part, but a very important part of it is to remember that feeling and that power of the future isn't written, especially when we have this much bullshit of the fucking psychopath class. It's just like propaganda, 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 get plugged in, get plugged in, destroy yourself, believe you're nothing, like crumble under the weight. Like you have all of that. You have to reclaim some of that shit and you have to say like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do anything but that actually. I'm going to heal as much as myself as possible. I'm going to heal as many other people as possible after I heal myself to create the best possible thing I can in every given moment that I can, which some days is me like lying in a bed, not doing jack shit because I can't fucking move. <laughs> and other days it's everything else I do. And for you too, right? We're all doing our best. But the really important thing that we do during things like the Vigil of Violet Flame or, you know, during things like this, even this conversation we're having right now is we're taking back the imagination of what the future could be. Because if you look at what you've been programmed with, all this Freemasonic symbolism, all of those psychopaths, intricate plans like we've been talking about, those have gotten into your brain. They've gotten into your subconscious. They've gotten into your belief about yourself and the world, unless you're very, very fortunate and very hardworking at clearing all that out, replacing it with something else. It's in there. I, for years, uh, for as long as I can remember, I've been trying to salvage the imagination of people. Even when I was a communist, that was like half my goal. I was like, let's at least dream a better future together. Like, dude, let's just not crumble and give up. Let's try to do something about it, right? <laughs> you have to believe something better is possible. That was actually one of our slogans, like a better future is possible. And now I like I'm doing that in a different way because I'm a little bit more clear on exactly what that means. But it's necessary that people will just tell you this like it's fact. They'll be like, oh, if 
if society crumbles, like it's every man for himself and you get ready for Negan. I've never even seen that show, but every motherfucker will tell you about Negan. I know Negan because so many fucking people that got into their brain and they think that's real. It's a fucking TV show. (laughs) What the fuck? You will tell yourself that you know that TV isn't real and you'll tell yourself this is a fun thing to watch. And then you'll start telling people in real life that Negans are going to come for you and you mean it. I'm not saying you, I'm saying like, this is what people do. And it is what you will do. And it is what I will do if we're not careful. The only visions of the future we've been given are ones in which technology has taken over and saved us from ourselves, or the government has taken over and saved us from ourselves. And if those things haven't happened, we have crumbled and devolved into nothing like Mad Max or Waterworld or whatever. And it's all brutal as fuck. And everybody's horrifying to each other. We go back not that long in history and we see fucking proof that we didn't have technology saving us from ourselves and we didn't have these overarching giant centralized governments controlling every aspect of our life and people were fucking fine. Shit would fall apart for a long ass time. There'd be whole communities who'd be cut off from civilization because of a fucking uh, mudslide or something. They didn't have water. They'd all come together and make food and water for each other and like make sure everyone survived this fucking horrifying event. They didn't go around just raping the shit out of each other and destroying themselves. That's not what people do. But people think that's what people do. Why? Because they were programmed with it and they don't even know they're programmed with it. So all this symbolism and shit, whatever they might be signaling to each other with their coins and their fucking cards and their fucking whatever, that's part of it. And another part of it is what they're signaling to you. And with that guy bloodied crawling into the reflecting pool, even if it's not very clear, they're calling up the trauma for you. Remember? Remember how traumatizing? We've got the hanged man now with frazzle face or whatever, drip, frazzle drip, with, so Pizzagate and Pedogate. We have it associated with the, what we're supposed to think at least was the biggest terrorist attack in the history of ever and the biggest amount of deaths and just this horrible, all this emotion. It's all tied up there and they just trigger, trigger, trigger. And then we all go, ah, even if we don't know it, <laughs> some part of us, if we're not conscious, which most people aren't, and we're just spewing and reacting, then we're seeing that and we're just all this emotion. And then they're just gather it up again and send it over to their intention, whatever it is. Maybe it's not going to be another false flag in this nation or whatever. Maybe it's the fucking false flag that just is going on over there in the Middle East right now. All of it is false flag. All of it. Nobody knows who the fuck is sending what rockets where or what the fuck is happening. It's all false flag. Say it's whoever the fuck you want. You know as much as any other motherfucker, which is nothing. <laughs> Nobody fucking knows. And there's like trigger, trigger, emotion, grab, throw it over to our intention. So it's very important whether you ever do anything like the Vigil of the Violet Flame or you do your own version of it. Maybe you just sit down and you just like draw a picture of like what the future could be. And it actually could be a million ways. It doesn't have to be any of the ways they told you. It is completely possible that we save ourselves from every fucking existential threat at once. It could happen in a moment. Things have 
look in the past. Things have come about that suddenly revolutionize everything. And sometimes those motherfuckers weren't prepared for it and they can't stop it. That happens. So it can happen again. Like, is it going to? We don't fucking know. Is it not going to? We don't fucking know. But we may as well just be dreaming of that instead. Be feeling good about that instead. And not following along with their crumb trail of symbols that leads you into triggered states of trauma that they've pre-programmed you with your entire life. Reprogram yourself with the positive shit, the best shit you can fucking imagine. And anytime you find yourself pretending that a Negan is real instead of the actual way that humans are, which is helpful to one another in the vast majority of all time, and including right now, then just remind yourself oh yeah, actually there's always been and always will be way more helpers than there will ever be motherfuckers. Always. And that's, and that's that. That's the truth. So I hope you all can dream big. I hope you can reclaim your imagination. I hope you can take yourself back from the programming, from the symbolism, whether from the Freemasons or any other group that doesn't belong to them, belongs to you. Take back your sovereignty, roll with it, and hopefully you come through for Middle Path tomorrow night. And if you don't, you'll miss out. But until then, travel well, aim for balance, and always look inside first. Dream of electric chic Now I lay me down to drown in the street It's a funk time frame Overloading migraine For the souls that I've strained Apologies, eyes, things We're probably better off Isolated in a box Don't contemplate the ticking clock Counting minutes rolling off Nerve tonics to dole The boot stamping skulls Flattened cats cursing those Spinning on a globe Everyone loving screenshots Over the optical Spraying my lungs Catch Johnny in the hospital This is an odd diddle But ain't that my character I should say the dated let the opioids tear my nerves, spare a word Comrade, I got a plethora The flowers are still standing and I'm ten clicks ahead of ya But instead of spreading ya Man, I need a head out of ya Homie, shut it and rest I'm twelve steps from dead in ya Now, twelve long hours before the sun will rise Why can't they stand the sunlight?